enter into master field, you must love this subject and feel a profound connection to it. Your interest must transcend the field itself and border on the religious. That was from the book called Mastery by Robert Greene. My name is Wyatt Christman. Thanks a lot for listening. This is Creative Habits Podcast, and I'll be your host. All right, this week on the Creative Habits Podcast, we're talking about Mastery by Robert Greene. Now, Mastery itself, uh, just to cover what it's not, Mastery, quote, Mastery is not a function of genius or talent. This part is important. It is a function of time and intense focus applied to a particular field of knowledge. So to dispel the whole idea of the genius part, what he covers in his book is a look at mastering in terms of what you bring to the table, uh, your focus and intense dedication to a particular craft. That's pretty important. For the craft itself, I um, wanted to just kind of take a, a look back. Uh, I have one project I do, which is uh, Google Hangouts Book Club. Um, and on there, uh, talk about um, you, you don't read a book, you grok it. Now, grokking comes from uh, Robert Heinlein. Robert Heinlein, uh, you know, he, he wrote uh, the book uh, Stranger in a Strange Land. Um, so he coined the phrase grok, which his words, grok, means this. Grok means to understand so thoroughly that the observer becomes a part of the observed, to merge, blend, intermarry, lose identity in group experience. It means almost everything that we mean by religion, philosophy, and science. And it means as little to us because of our earthling assumptions as color means to a blind man. Unquote. So the whole idea of grokking, you're grokking a particular craft. You are going deep within the craft. So mastery is an elusive concept, but there are key components to it that allow you to uh, be part of a process that gets you, you know, closer and closer. So some parts of this, um, mastery itself, uh, if you look in terms of creative habits, habits are important. There's a, there's a, uh, you know, a war almost between habits and keeping an open mind. So habit itself, um, Okay, here's here's a part to understand the habitual uh, why to develop habits uh, in your the road towards mastery. Quote: As you learn and gain skills, you begin to vary what you do, finding nuances that you can develop in in the work. So it becomes more interesting. As almost becomes more automatic, your mind is not exhausted by the effort, and you can practice harder, which in turn brings greater skill and more pleasure. You can look for challenges, new areas to conquer, keeping your interests at a high level. As the cycle accelerates, you can reach a point where your mind is totally absorbed in the practice, entering a kind of flow in which everything else is blocked out. You become one with the tool or instrument or thing you are studying. Your skill is not something that you can put into words. It is embedded in your body and nervous system. It becomes tacit knowledge, unquote. So that's the habit part. It, it gets, by having creative habits, it gets you to a level where you can have more challenges, more areas to conquer because you've, uh, you're not consumed by uh, the energy to complete um, some of uh, the, the lower level, quote unquote, lower level elements of a particular craft. Um, but it allows you to be more creative and you can become 
uh, more creative, but at the same time, those habits can do something which he calls a technical lock. Um, quote, what this means is the following. In order to learn a subject or skill, particularly one that is complex, you must immerse yourself in many details, techniques, and procedures that are standard for solving problems. If you're not careful, however, we become locked into seeing every problem the same way, using the same techniques and strategies that became so imprinted in us. It is always simpler to follow such a route. In the process, we lose sight of the bigger picture, the purpose of what we are doing, how each problem we face is different and requires a different approach. We adopt a kind of tunnel vision, unquote. So the technical lock is the dark side of creative habits or, or any habit is to lock yourself into a particular way of doing things. Mastery requires us to use the habit to a certain extent and then leave those behind in a drive towards openness. Um, you need to clear that energy at times. Um, so here's how to look at it. He, he talks about original mind, which is much like child um, mind. It's, it, it's uh, retaining that original uh, childlike focus um, as even as you go deeper into craft. So here's, here's a good quote for that. So, quote, masters not only retain the spirit of the original mind, but they add to it their years of apprenticeship and an ability to focus deeply on problems or ideas. This leads to a high level of creativity. Although they have profound knowledge of a subject, their minds remain open to alternative ways of seeing and approaching problems. They're able to ask the kinds of simple questions that most people pass over, but they have the rigor and discipline to follow their investigations all the way to the end. They retain a childlike excitement about their field and a playful approach, all of which makes the hours of hard work alive and pleasurable. Like children, they are capable of thinking beyond words visually, spatially, and intuitively, and have a greater access to preverbal and unconscious forms of mental activity, all of which can account for their surprising ideas and creations, unquote. Now, visually, spatially, intuitively, Intuition plays a huge part in achieving a deep level of mastery, according to Robert Greene. It's a matter of combining this sense of habit with openness and logic with intuition. It's a dance between those elements uh, that allows you to achieve the level of mastery needed to really uh, uh, make it uh, to... uh, mastery. So um, part of what masters do, well, here's a good quote for that. So, quote, masters manage to blend the two, discipline and childlike spirit, together in what we shall call the dimensional mind. Such a mind is not constricted by limited experience or habits. It can branch out in all directions and make deep contact with reality. It can explore more dimensions of the world. The conventional mind is passive. It consumes information, it regurgitates in familiar forms. The dimensional mind is active, transforming everything. It digests into something new and original, created, creating instead of consuming, unquote. That part is so important. The dimensional mind is uh, unlimited, and the conventional mind is, is very passive. We would become passive consumers, and that's part of the drive towards mastery that's so important, is to to go to a deeper level where our minds now with technology are at such a surface level and we're taken, you know, to a different, oh, squirrel, direction all of the time, right? So the idea of mastery 
couldn't come at a better time because it helps us alleviate that um, the age of distraction. The thing is, we can actually leverage what our technology gives us to go deeper because the other part of of the mastery that Robert Greene talks about is the ability to um, come upon so many different elements in life and what does the internet do but give us that ability to uh, make connections we wouldn't have otherwise. So it's important to have that technology and use it so that we can bring more into our worlds, into our lives, but not have it be a distraction and uh, so that we're, we're always on the surface level of things. So we have to be able to work at it, to go deeper uh, and, and, and keep, keep hustling, but not, you know, as, as, uh, as things go, not so that you're, you know, uh, killing yourself. You allow a bit of playfulness and to, to explore avenues you might not otherwise. Um, the other part of mastery is the uh, ability to develop prototypes, meaning to get your ideas out there faster, to 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 ship uh, constantly. So it, um, here's a good quote: "It's a, it is better to produce a prototype, a form of speculation, see how people respond to it. Based on the assessments you gain, you can redo the work and launch it again, cycling through this process several times until you perfect it. The responses of the public will make you think more deeply about what you're producing." And such feedback will help make visible what is generally invisible to your eyes, the objective reality of your work and its flaws as reflected through the eyes of many people. Alternating between ideas and artifacts will help you create something compelling and effective, unquote. It's a prototype part. It's how the Wright brothers were able to do it. They weren't, uh, the, the Wright brothers were able to develop flight before others who were racing to do the same thing. And they were using abstract knowledge and, and things that, uh, they had lots of money behind them, but the Wright brothers, their model, quote, their model depended not on superior technology, but on the highest number of test runs, creating an optimal learning curve. This revealed flaws to be worked and gave them a feel for the product that could never be had in the abstract, end quote. Um, it's, quote, the, this use of images, diagrams, and models can help reveal to you patterns in your thinking and new directions you can take that you would have, uh, you would find hard to imagine exclusively in words. With your idea exteriorized in a relatively simple diagram or model, you can see your entire concept projected at once, which will help you or organize masses of information and add new dimensions to your concept, unquote. So it's it's the the model. It's developing the model and shipping the model out there so that other people can see it. So it, it's out of your mind and into an area that it can be uh, exteriorized. So it's it's uh, a simple diagram or model, and you can play with um, what you have sooner. And when you play with it sooner, you understand the flaws. You understand it from perspectives that, um, you know, a, a paying audience uh, uh, might have. And that, and that may sound restricting to uh, to some people in their craft because it's like, well, I'm, I need it to be at a certain level before I ship it out there. Yes, but you have to have your beta testers. You have to have ability to co-create with your audience. And that is so important. And that's what, um, you know, the Wright brothers, that's why they were able to have it out there. Um, um, because they they did they they got it out of their the abstract and and uh, there's so many different stories of of bringing creativity to a different level by co-creating with with an audience so um, 
it's, uh, uh, here's a good quote for, for that as well. Quote, what constitutes true creativity is the openness and adaptability of our spirit. When we see or experience something, we must look we must be able to look at it from several angles to see other possibilities beyond the obvious ones. We imagine that the objects around us can be used and co-opted for different purposes. We do not hold on to our original idea out of sheer stubbornness or because our ego is tied up with its uh, rightness. Instead, we move with what presents itself to us in the moment, exploring and exploiting different branches and contingencies. We thus manage to turn feathers into flying material. The difference then is not in some initial creative power of the brain, but in how we look at the world and the fluidity with which we can reframe what we see. Creativity and adaptability are inseparable. It's reframing what we see. So it's it's being able to take and adapt and have the openness to see those connections between things. Um, and, and when you have, you know, different notes, when you put things out there, um, you're constantly writing things down, things down, and exposing yourself to ideas. You can make that fluidity happen faster. Um, the last part, and this this a little bit of a long run, but it's the last part, and uh, I really think you'll enjoy this this last part of of uh, Mastery uh, by Robert Greene. Really, a great book. You have to uh, get a hold of it. Uh, grok it. Don't just read it. Grok this one. Uh, it's really a good book. So here's here's the last quote. Uh, they're bringing it uh, kind of all together. Um, so here goes. Quote, we find intuition and rationality mutually exclusive, but in fact, at this high level, they operate together in a seamless fashion. The reasoning of masters is guided by intuition. Their intuition springs from intense rational focus. The two are fused. Although time is the critical factor in attaining mastery and this intuitive feel, the time we are talking about is not neutral or simply uh, quantitative. An hour of Einstein's thinking at the age of 16 does not equal an hour spent by an average high school student working on a problem in physics. It is not a matter of studying a subject for 20 years and emerging as a master. The time that leads to mastery is dependent on the intensity of our focus. The key then to attaining this higher level of intelligence is to make our years of study qualitatively rich. We don't simply absorb information. We internalize it and make it our own by finding some way to put this knowledge to practical use. We look for connections between the various elements we are learning, hidden laws that we can perceive in the apprenticeship phase. If we experience any failures or setbacks, we do not quickly forget them because they offend our self-esteem. Instead, we reflect on them deeply, trying to figure out what went wrong and discern whether there are any patterns to our mistakes as we progress. We start to question some of the assumptions and conventions we have learned along the way. Soon, we begin to experiment and become increasingly active. At all points in the various moments leading to mastery, we attack with intensity. Every moment, every experience contains deep lessons for us. We are continuously awake, never merely going through the motions, unquote. Never merely going through the motions. It's uh, such a great book. You, you really should uh, read it um, if you want to achieve a level of mastery, which I think everybody in their craft uh, does or should uh, if they take it seriously. Uh, and so I can't uh, recommend this book enough. Um, I'll be having some different links in the show notes based on some of the elements um, talked about in the podcast. Do hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, if you do, give us a review on iTunes and sign up for the newsletter. Thanks a lot for listening. <laughs>